quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Sometimes I struggle to fall asleep and finding something natural that helps me can be challenging. I've been using both the Sleep Ease Natural Support Capsules and the Aromatherapy Lavender Spray from Botanic Choice. These naturally formulated sleep aids help me relax so I can let go of the day and rest. Botanic Choice is a fourth-generation, family-run supplement company which began as an herb garden in Indiana in 1910. Now they are a trusted brand supplying a wide variety of vitamins, supplements, everything from sleep essentials to vitamin C. Head over to BotanicChoice.com and use code MICHELLE15 to enjoy an extra 15% off any Botanic Choice or Botanic Spa brand purchase site-wide. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Michelle. And I just wanted to thank all of my listeners out there who have given me ratings on Spotify and reviews on iTunes and everyone who's recommended the podcast to other people and all of you who have reached out and said, thank you for the podcast. It's been so helpful. You don't know how much that feeds my soul. So thank you. I very much appreciate all of the support. All right, let's talk about dysregulation and the family dynamic. So sometimes I see that a client will come to me or I can say in my own home, I was very preoccupied with Esme. She was in my mind in those days, the quote unquote problem. She was displaying big feelings and emotions. She was very obstinate. She was always fighting against everything I said. She was constantly upset. And she was not very cooperative. And she and her sister were constantly at one another. And I always thought it was Esme's fault because she was the bigger personality. She was the more outspoken. She was the more aggressive. So when I came to my parenting coach years ago, I was focused on fixing Esme because she needed to be fixed so this family could function better. 
But as time went on, I realized that the fixing was needed to be done with me. And that once I did my own fixing, that she started to follow my lead. So several weeks into this ideology or this pedagogy, I got Esme feeling better. And it didn't really take long. And I think when they're really young, it's it's much easier. As they get older, it takes a little bit longer, but it still happens. So she responded really quickly to connection and she started to change her tune and she responded really quickly to the idea of no punishments and no consequences. And she started to come into her own and be calmer and be more loving and be kinder with her sister. And she started to really take up less space in our home. And that was a beautiful thing because I started to feel really good and we started to have a lot of space and things were, we were doing really well. All of a sudden, my sweet and beautiful younger daughter, Pia, who was always agreeable, my easy child who I could take anywhere, do anything with, put in any situation, and she was cool as a cucumber. My ex-husband and I used to call her Spicoli because we just thought maybe she's, you know, high on marijuana. That's why she's so mellow. She does nothing bothers. She's like, hey, yeah, cool. Everything was okay with her. and. In those days, she made me think that I was doing something right in parenting. That's why it was so hard for me to change. And that's why it was easy for me to blame Esme because I had these two kids and I thought, well, Pia's doing well. She's responding to my parenting. She's not giving me a hard time. How can I possibly be doing anything wrong? So cut to several weeks into this work and this pedagogy and working with a coach, I realized that Pia had feelings too because she started to tantrum. And I mean, there was a tantrum every single day for an hour, sometimes two hours, because she was starting to process her feelings. And I think what happened is she looked at me and was watching and observing and thinking, hmm, is mom safe? Can I have my feelings like Esme is? Because before Esme was having her feelings and I was shutting them down, I was punishing her, I was sending her to time out, I was correcting her, I was chastising her, I was taking things away. And Pia watched that too. And she thought, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not willing to fight. So I will withdraw. I will be compliant because I want to maintain the relationship with my mom. And I don't want to rock the boat because my sister's rocking the boat. There's no other boats to rock because the boat we're in is rocking so heavily that I I can't possibly compete. And so she never wanted a part of it. She didn't want to show her feelings and emotions. She didn't want to push back or or be non-cooperative. She actually just was a wallflower. But once she observed that I was safe, that I was creating space for Esme to have her feelings, that I wasn't going to punish or send a timeout or lose my mind or, you know, be totally out of control mom, taking things away and using punishments. Once she realized that, she subconsciously took up the space. She decided, or her body and subconscious decided, I'm having my feelings. I'm going to get upset. And her feelings were deep and there were a lot of them. And I think watching me be unkind to Esme really affected her. And it created hurt for her and maybe even trauma. I don't know, but it needed to come out. And the way in which it came out were in these tremendous tantrums. 
My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent, and I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what we were doing that was very obviously not working into more, how can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in? Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, I've learned this sooner. Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information. Well, I'm so glad we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram. For those of you who don't know, I have a book coming out called Unpunished. And I talk about this incident in the book, and I'm going to talk about it today, but she and I were going to have a special play date, like special time, one-on-one play date type of thing, where I would take the girls every once in a while out on a long special time, whatever they wanted to do. So Pia wanted to go to the American Girl doll store. And if anybody knows about these stores, they know how horrendous they are because they're, I mean, they're chuck full of every doll you could imagine, bitty babies and lookalike dolls and twinsies and character dolls. And they've created stories. And it's this two-story monstrosity of a building in a mall in Los Angeles called The Grove. And this mall is like, looks like downtown Disney. It's like storefronts and a trolley and a water fountain with music. And in the winter, we've got a huge Christmas tree and Santa. And it's a, it's a disaster. And it's the last place I wanted to go because I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to take my kids to these places, but I was following the rules and I was doing special time, whatever she wanted to do. So we went, we packed up, we drove to the Grove, which wasn't far away. And we beelined straight to the American Girl doll store. And she was looking around and I mean, I was said, we're not buying anything because this place is insane. I'm not buying anything, but we can look. You know, they've got like a salon for your baby dolls and they pierce their ears and do their hair. And she was obsessed with that and watching it for, you know, 20 minutes. And then we're upstairs to the bitty baby place. And after about 40 minutes, I said, well, we've got to go home because, you know, we've got to have dinner and get your sister and, you know, move on with our day. And she said, just please let me ride the escalator one more time. So I let her ride the escalator. One more time. And then she said, please let me ride the escalator one more time. And I said, okay, I'll let you ride the escalator one more time. Well, old Michelle would have been like, heck no, we're not riding the escalator. If you ride the escalator, if you get upset, then I'm taking away your toy or you're going to time out when we get home. But I didn't. I indulged her. And finally, I had to set the limit. I said, Pia, we have to go. That child refused like I had never seen her refuse in her life before. I mean, vehemently refused to get off the escalator. I had to pick her up at three years old and carry her out into the Grove, the mall, which is this outdoor crazy place, which both ends of it have, you know, cars that drive by and a trolley that runs down the middle. And that kid took off. She started 
running as fast as she could. Now, hindsight tells me she was scared of her feelings. She was scared of the upset. This had never happened before. She didn't know how to regulate. It was overwhelming to her. And she wanted to flight, just get out of there and get away from it and didn't want to be in those feelings. But that poor kid didn't realize that there was a trolley coming her way. And she was young and it was so dangerous. She started running across the trolley tracks and she was going to come back against the trolley over the trolley tracks. But I didn't think she was going to make it before that trolley got there. So I had to run as fast as I could to get this kid and scoop her up from being killed by the trolley. Because I don't even know if these trolleys can stop. I have no idea. But I had to grab her and she was kicking and screaming and carrying on. And I mean, I was so embarrassed. I mean, there's a mall full of people. I'm sweating and practically in tears. And I finally get her to a park bench and she will not let me hold her fighting against me and losing her mind. And I finally got her into the backseat of my car in the parking lot. And she and I sat there for what seemed like at least an hour where she tantrumed and told me how mean I was and started hitting me and kicking me and pushing me. And coincidentally, the side note, she always, when she went to these tantrums, she always went to this idea of, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. After they had gone on for a while and she'd gotten through this initial like anger and upset, then she got to this fear of, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And she had sleep apnea as a kid. And I'm convinced that she was processing that sleep apnea because she would choke herself awake and she wouldn't be able to breathe. And finally, we had to have surgery and, and, and help her out and get her adenoids taken out and her tonsils taken out. But And she was better after that. But there was a whole year there that we didn't know what was going on and we were trying to figure it out. And it was the year prior to me beginning this um, parenting program. And I think she was still processing that sleep apnea every single time that she would go into these tantrums for probably a year, a year and a half, maybe even two years, she would say she couldn't breathe. And I also believe that this child was scared of her own feelings because she used to tell me all the time, I don't want to have tantrums, mommy. They're too scary. I hate them. They're icky. There's so many feelings. And she would be so upset about the feelings and about the upset and that it was overwhelming for her. And the last thing she wanted to do was have these big feelings. And I think for her temperament and her personality, she's more of the agreeable flight or freeze kid. And she just couldn't manage the, the overwhelm and that it was too much for her. And every time she had a tantrum, she would say that. She would go to, I can't breathe. And, I, and afterwards, she would say, I don't like having tantrums. They're not good. I would reassure her and say, you know what? You're doing the right thing for your body. You're getting out all the icky feelings. I know it's really hard. Mommy will always be here to help you get through those. And that did help. But... I think it was a hard process for her because she wasn't used to having her feelings. And she spent many years, you know, not saying or doing anything, really just stuffing it. So she had a lot of stuff that was backed up. So for several weeks, this child, beginning with this incident at the American Girl doll store, she had tantrums. She had big tantrums every single day. And I think because she saw her sister calm, she saw me be safe. And now there was space for her to have her feelings 
she started to really have her big icky feelings. So when I work with clients and we see this happen, a lot of clients will say, she's mimicking her sister. She's watching her sister or brother have big feelings and now she's doing it too. I don't think any kid wants to have big feelings. I don't think they really want to have big tantrums, but they might need to. And I don't necessarily think that they're mimicking their brother or sister. I think that they maybe are waiting their turn and waiting to see if we're safe and waiting to be in a position to download their own feelings. So maybe that's just a different way of taking a look at it. And maybe this has happened to you or you can see it happening in your own family now and that this idea can be helpful. Okay, thank you for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.